0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and I am here once again with a brand new episode for you guys and a brand new guest today. I have show host and comedian Atu Walker on the podcast. Um, it's pretty cool to sit down with Atu. I he's His name's gotten brought up on this podcast by a few other guests, uh, and so it was cool to sit down with him just chat about his his journey in comedy and just uh, coming up in San Jose and, and the other shows that he's a part of. And um, and it was just a really cool episode. He had a lot of great things to say about comedy and just and stuff in general. And so, uh, yeah, go follow him on Instagram at Mr. Atu Walker. I think it's all one word, and it's uh, yeah, M R A T O W A L K E R, Mr. Atu Walker. Um, and then also, uh, he's the host of the San Jose Improv Open Mic. I, I don't know when the next one is, but I know that it's like the second Wednesday of every month I think Um, and then also uh, check out the Off Night Show on Monday nights at 8 o'clock it's hosted by him and Mighty Mike McGee at the Tavern Theater in San Jose Uh, so make sure you check that out and Autu's been the host of the uh, long time running now the Caravan open mic on Wednesdays it's a late night uh, comedy open mic that runs in downtown San Jose so if you're in that area and you want to see some comedy and check out, a uh, go go there. Go check that out. I've been there a few times. Uh, it's a fun time. It's a good time. Also, if you guys can do me a favor, follow the podcast on Instagram at I'm Getting There Pod, all one word. I'll make sure to tag Atu and everything else that he's involved in when I post the episode. Uh, and if you could do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast, hit the link in the bio. Um, I'm on all platforms. I think if you're on I, uh, uh, Apple podcasts or Spotify, uh, please rate the podcast, hit the stars, leave some feedback, leave a review. Uh, I appreciate everybody that's done that so far. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Atu.
1: Using them for for more podcasting, um, okay. and then like I just never got my ish together.
0: I, you guys, I think I saw you were doing. Was it going to be at like the at the improv? There was going to be, I think, a podcast, or was that?
1: Yeah, we did one. Um, we're we're going to work on bringing it back. Uh, I think we need to get some more equipment and a little bit more of a commitment from uh levity live mm-hmm. uh or improv in general to like produce the show because i feel like um
0: having somebody do like all the video clips and all the like mm-hmm. editing and all like that stuff. it's a lot of stuff like i i didn't really even realize it until i uh i started trying to do this like in the pandemic and i was like Oh, it shouldn't be that hard, you know, and then...
1: <laughs> Until you, then you start getting into weeds and you're like, oh, snap, oh, well, the, oh, then this, oh, oh, and then that,
0: and then you're like, oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, And I, I was actually listening to, yeah, I think you did an interview with the voice party like uh, a couple months ago. I was listening to some of that on the way up here. Oh, yeah. Just to try and, you know, get a little more um, info and like, so I was looking at your social and stuff because I... People have I've done a lot of episodes with like Pete and Butch and a couple other people, and your name comes up on this on this show like quite a bit. Really? Why? Yeah. Uh, people <laughs> just bring you up as like I talk about like I ask people about like where they got started in comedy, people they knew when they started, and like uh, a lot like you get brought up as like somebody that like like Tyler's brought you up, Bemo's brought you up, like just a uh-huh. – you know like a handful of people have like mentioned like that you've been kind of like a person that they. Like, uh, when they started, you were like one of the people kind of like around in the, in the San Jose area. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I was just, was like, I don't know, I was curious, because I think did, you, were you the original host of the caravan? Yes. I'm, I, technically I still am. Oh, okay. So you, so, so you just like have like guest hosts sometimes, I guess? Yeah, so
1: the new format after the pandemic was like, uh it was really hard to come back and keep doing that show in that format for me because I had gotten the opportunity to do the show at the improv, um, like in December before, before, um, before the caravan had started back up. So that opportunity came and then it's on Wednesday night. And so, Mm -hmm. I used to host every show, like every single show for all the way through the pandemic. Even in the pandemic, I hosted shows for the caravan, Not, not like, you know, not necessarily venue placement, but like, you know, just to kind of keep the the vibes going i guess and mm-hmm. like well you know a lot of people didn't know if you we were gonna die or not or like you know yeah. the whole species would be wiped out yeah. so like, you know yeah 2020 was in yeah that yeah, first so, beginning yeah so those first those first few months it was definitely like okay what what is our what's the plan here and and when we came back <clears throat> i talked to rachel mm-hmm. and there was a lot of weird things going on in the pandemic, a lot of like political theories and stuff like that. And I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't happy with, let's say, some of the individuals related to the caravan who were like posting things. And I was like, I don't know if it's a good fit for me anymore as a comic to like spend the majority of my comedian time on this one show. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I felt, I really felt strongly about like, because I had done it for so long, you know, where was the opportunity going to come for somebody else to kind of come in and take it over mm-hmm. if that was ever going to happen? Like pass the torch kind of thing. Yeah, because at some point you're going to like, I mean, I guess I could. I could. I guess I could have kept going. and It was like it would have been whatever. And I could have got a babysitter and all this and that. But mm-hmm. like
0: hosting that show is is a lot. It's yeah. It's it goes late. It seems like I've only been a couple times now, yeah. but I've heard stories and like I could I could never like stay long enough to like before a pandemic. Like I, I think I went to like the last one at Frascati. Yeah, and then I went to a Gong Show, and then they were like, "Come on, man!" And I'm like, nah, I want to, dude." But it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Nah, <laughs> it's, I, it's, I ain't got that late. much commitment." Nah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, it's it's a it's a fun place. Like I, I've just. It's I've I've heard so many stories. It just seems like a like a, a mic that's just had so many crazy nights there. Like a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's happened at the caravan. And most of it good. Like I'm I'm not gonna even lie, like you you get to see comics do that show and then come back and do it again and they're better than they were the last time. And I think that's the whole point of it. Like I mean, there's definitely comics that come in there and, like, try and do the same material. And the audience is going to remember, especially the regulars there. Like, mm-hmm. they, they know sometimes verbatim what somebody's about to say. So <laughs> you can't just come in there with, like, you can't come in there with light work. You got to come in there hard. You got to come ready. You got to come not scared to interact with folks. You got to come there and stand your ground and tell your jokes and, you know... The hardest thing is, like, making sure everybody hears you. But because, like, if you're at a club, if you're at a showcase, if you're at, like, somebody's backyard party, mm-hmm. like, most of those situations are set up to the comics advantage. In a bar show, any bar show, if it's a bar open mic, <laughs> everything is working against you. Everything. Like, the random... Um, uh, a bridesmaid party that comes in, and they're all. <laughs> yeah. Let's take shots, Tiffany. Let's take shots,
0: Brittany. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and you're like, I'm trying to do some jokes over here, yeah. and I'm like, we
0: don't give a shit about your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like all right <laughs> yeah or the uh the old the old guy that wants to comment on everything or um yeah i, I love that like I, I get there's always an old dude <laughs> that doesn't give a shit about what you got to say at all he wants to be a part of it he yeah wa- <laughs> he, he just wants to and you like there was a, a guy on his i think i had santa cruz at the brian show at the, oh. the mountain brewery and he was on his bike in the background and he was just like he Became a part of the like everybody was just doing their set basically about him because yeah. he just he just is like, I I just want to be a part of this too. He was just back <laughs> to that's
1: right, yeah. <laughs> that's right.
0: Oh, the outside show in Santa Cruz, it's yeah. a good, it's good. Some like most yeah. of the time, it's good that you do get a couple of random people sometimes, but I would say that the overwhelming, like, uh, <laughs> the overwhelming like audience are like younger people, so it's like For it's sure. a chill I vibe. Was just, like, me stuff, and I don't know whether to, or not to believe this I'm sure he tells you some wild yeah, shit. I need, hear, I need to hear
1: stuff from a third-party source. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Verify That's my third-party audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can yo. verify
0: some people for you that he probably yeah. talked about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, Mount okay. Warner, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, give it up for JoJo, everybody. <laughs> <Just randomly. laughs> thank you for closing the door. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I mean, I, I, I love comedy so much. Like, I love it so much. And so, this is the only reason why I do it.
0: You said that uh, in the interview I was listening to on the way here, you said that Pete Munoz, at one point, was trying to talk you out of it a little bit. Uh, like well, at first,
1: yeah. I mean... Like, <laughs> I
0: feel like, that's, I feel yeah. like that's I feel like that's I feel like that's Pete like just like I've I had I've had a couple people like do that with me. Like Butch has had like a so kind of like he's like, What are you doing? Like and I like I've had to you know it's that conversation I feel like you have to have at least with somebody to kinda of like make, I mean <laughs> so you can like I don't know just check yourself a little bit like do I really want to do this kind of thing. It's definitely like is like
1: to me comedy is one of those things like you you got to be committed to it if you really want to be successful because it's going to take years and years and years before you even find your footing as a comedian. And then then once you find your footing as a comedian and you have a structure for yourself and you have something that, things that you know you can talk about mm-hmm. and things that you feel comfortable doing on stage, like there's a lot of experimentation that happens from point a to point b and then then you got to start thinking about like where you want to go with your career and if some people can do all of that all at the same time and i commend them mm-hmm. and i think that that's great and like their trajectory is much faster and quicker and they have the time and availability to do all the little things that it takes to kind of like get themselves in the public view
0: yeah y- but, yeah but
1: You know, some people gotta take it step by step, and some people gotta like get a random opportunity that gets them on in a way that they would have never thought would happen, and they kind of scramble and pull it together. Uh me, I'm a little bit more methodical, I'm a little bit more experimental, I'm a little bit more this and that. And when I started, it was it was definitely like I don't have anything else going on in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm depressed. I know not My friends are cool. I'm getting drunk every day, and then this is another thing that I can do while being drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this okay. is another thing I could do. <laughs> this is another the, okay. <laughs> like the, the stakes weren't the stakes weren't high for mm-hmm. me, you know. And and then I got an opportunity to host a show, and then I started hosting the show, and then like I got better, and I was like, oh shit. I could take material that I work out while I'm hosting and take that to other places. Yeah, and then so I figured out that chico real quick, and then and then it was just like doing random jokes all the time, and then doing random jokes at other open mics, and then going mm. to other shows, and then trying to get booked on showcases and trying to get booked on other open mics, and it was like for a while there, it was just going from open mic to open mic, going on open mic, to open mic, and I don't think I ever got really got paid. For doing showcases or shows, uh, until Butch Butch gave me a couple opportunities. Uh, we did some like bringer type shows or nice. shows where you like had to sell tickets this and that, um, mm-hmm. and those were good learning experiences because then like you had to have like some kind of set. You had to be has to be some kind of funny, even though all the lights are on in the venue and there's no spotlight and the <laughs> microphone doesn't work, you know, and you rode your bike there yeah. it was down the street from your house. <laughs> That sounds brutal. I mean, like you know, there's things, and then like you know, I didn't have a car when I started comedy, and um, one of the first shows I were you in San Jose? Yeah, I was in San Jose. One of the first shows I got booked on was um, this dude, uh, Michael Booker, I think, in um, in uh, the East Bay. I think Hayward. There was a show in Hayward. That I got booked on and uh I got there. I think I got there. I got there via BART. And I walked to the show and I got there and I was a little bit late. And then we did the show. And then after the show's over, I did really well. Like okay. I didn't I had never done like a showcase in that sense. And I like that was one of the first shows I got paid to. And early on, and I did really well. And then at the end of the end of the set, at the end of the time, um, there was another comic that I didn't know at all at the time. And he was like, "Well, I'm driving down to Morgan Hill. You want to ride?" And I was like, "All right, cool." So I got in the car with this dude and, <laughs> and, and rode home. And I didn't know him. And I'm trying to struggling to remember his name right now, but um, it was tough, you know, uh, like. Going somewhere, not knowing anyone, and then hopping in a stranger's car for a ride home, because that's how broke you were, mm-hmm. and the money that you made that night is paying your keep... light bill or your phone bill. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah. It was different that, back then. For me, it was different. It was a different time.
0: And are you are you from are you from uh, from San Jose originally or No, I am not. Nope i'm from pasadena california oh, okay and I how grew up there yeah. how long have you been in the san jose area uh it's 2023 uh 23 years 23 years oh damn yeah. okay so you so you were like uh probably like what like late teens or something when you moved up here i moved up here when
1: i was 19 i turned 20 and t- i turned 20 up here i've turned 21 up here and i've been here ever since uh you know i go visit family in pasadena as often as i can and you know you know my relationship with la is just like anyone's relationship with la so you know <laughs> you tolerate it um so so but i i i fell in love with san jose like as a community and um you know i've been accepted for who i am here and so it's been hard to leave you know mm-hmm. fell in love out here more than once okay um and then you know my son was born and and i and that was 9 years ago almost 10 years ago so like you know there's been a lot of little things
0: to kind of keep me here but yeah, you um, really like you became like became like probably like who you are today through this place it sounds like you know yeah. like kind of like this yeah. place is where you kind of really developed and that's cool cuz i love i i like really like this area too like i'm i'm uh i moved to california in 2017 from where from washington state Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and uh, like I, this place, San Jose, reminds me a lot of like the Tacoma area. Tacoma, actually. I don't know if you've ever been up there or, no, um, but it's, it's like, it's like strikingly like, uh, like the way that Seattle and Tacoma is, it feels very similar to like the San Francisco kind of like San Jose, oh, how it's okay. all kind of just one big. And uh, I really like it here a lot because it feels like, it feels like there's so much to do and this place is so much bigger than. Like, this the city. It feels like the city is kind of just, like, this like yeah. a little area. And yeah. then, like, you could spend, like, you could spend so much time exploring. Like, I have. I've spent a ton of time, like, exploring and getting to know, like, all parts of San Jose. And it's, like, really, it's a really cool spot. I feel like it's kind of, like, endless.
1: <laughs> it is. It, in some respects, it is. Because, like, there's lots of little wrinkles to it. And there's lots of little micro communities and a lot of different things that you could do here. Um, a lot of different experiences you can have, and um, like if if you uh, for whatever reason I end up knowing a lot of people in the arts in San Jose. So like uh, my journey has been has been connected to the arts community out here in a lot of ways, and and there's been a lot of people that have like supported me and I've supported them and like collaborate on projects and do mm-hmm. things together and stuff like that. So there yeah. is that kind of like opportunity here too i
0: saw you have that new show with mike
1: yeah mighty mike mcgee we work together a lot um um,
0: that looks pretty cool it's like what is it like a is it kind of like a variety yeah this is
1: a variety talk show we do it on monday nights um uh the whole concept behind the show is there's plenty to do in san jose let's tell you about it and then we have guests that are on our show that Mm -hmm. either are artists or music or comedians Um, and then we talk about the events that are, that, you know, that San Jose, the metropolis has, uh, that folks can do. Um, we, we have a great partnership with, um, uh, Tabard Theater and, uh, Um Media and, uh, Philco. Um, and, uh, we got a grant from the city of San Jose called the Alberto Grant and that helps pay for. All the performers and stuff like that. So we're just trying to keep it going. Yeah, and like I feel like it's 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 a good thing, and it's something me and Mike used to do at the caravan. We used to have the show called the Mighty Late Show, and it was like the same exact format, but it was like at the caravan. That was pre pandemic, and so that show was good. And we used to do it like monthly. I think we used to do it monthly on a Tuesday. Okay, and we would have guests on, and we would laugh and joke, and we had a stage and all this fun stuff, and. Um, you know, uh, I was like the Bob Barker to Mike being, um, whoever the other guy is not Chevy chase, but, um, um the <laughs> guy in the do. booth, like the come on down guy. No, I don't know. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but, um, <clears throat> I said, Bob Barker, he hosts the price of right. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, uh, <laughs> I, was like no. <laughs> I was like, are you talking about the guy? In the <laughs> No, no. Um, I, you know, but you know, it was, it's good. It was it's been good. And me and Mike have known each other. We've been friends for uh pretty much ever since I met him. Um and did you meet him through doing stand up or I did a poem at one okay. of his shows uh called Kitchen Kitchen Sessions. And uh a friend of a friend of ours named Ben, Ben Henderson, shout out Ben. Um he I was friends with Ben mm-hmm. and Ben is a local artist. He does he does like murals and music and graphic design. And uh one day Ben was telling me about this this show called Kitchen Sessions and was like, You should come and do the show and do some comedy or whatever. And I was like, All right, well, I'll come check it out. And then so one night I went to check it out. I met Mike. I was on a date. It was a cool date, you know, shout out to who I was on a date with. And then, (laughs) and then, um, later on, uh, so then I was like, Mike didn't have room for me on the list that night. Okay. And I saw VCP there, if you know who VCP yeah, is. Yeah, I know VCP, yeah. And I saw a bunch of other comics, and they were, they looked at me like, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> oh, you found out. <laughs> 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 and I was like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, I got I, – so then I kind of like – I didn't want to like come in and be a comedian in that space because I, I know I can do comedy. I can do – I can sing if I wanted. Like mm-hmm. there was this like – Nice. There's this whole thing – Sometimes there's a thing, like, some spaces are for certain things, and so I didn't want to, like, come in and be the funny guy there. So, upon the next opportunity, I, I, I booked it with, with Mike, and, and I said, like, I'll come through, and da-da-da, and I came through it, and I told a story about how I got beat up by the police, and I did a poem. So, then like, that that was all, all in one thing, and then, like, McGee was like, oh, my God, and then, you know, people were crying and stuff, and it was good. And then, um, and then we've just been friends ever since. Like, he hit me up, and then we started hanging out, and then we started collaborating on projects. And then, like, I, I practically see him almost every day now. Like, a, nice, it was right down
0: the street. So, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a really cool guy. I've met, I think, I met him the first time I met him was at the gong show when it was at Cafe Strich, yeah. Um, and yeah, that was. That was a cool really cool environment there with like the people on the upper. I only did it like I think twice, but it was like yeah. such a fun um such a fun place. Like Yeah. Uh and let's you guys are doing that the Gong Show's back now, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Gong Show's back. Uh um, the setup with the Gong Gong
1: Show. That's his show. And then when he first started it over at, when kathy Stritch was around he was like, Yo, why don't you come through and and drop a set? And I was like, Well, I have I have caravan. Like, there's no way I'd be able to like wait. And he was like, Well, you can go first. And then on the first show of uh, the first time that he did it, I went and I went first and then it's been tradition ever since. So nice. I go and I kinda like open up the show and I either do a poem or I do some comedy or do a combination of both or I do some harmonica or something like that. And then you know the show kicks off uh, one time. There's been a couple times of like where I've won the whole show, <laughs> you're, you're gonna, like <laughs> going first, and no one was better after me. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's gotta
0: yeah. That's gotta be brutal. Like. Yeah,
1: but you know it's it's one of those things. Like you know, it depends on the judges if they're gonna gong or not, or yeah, or whatever. But you know, sometimes sometimes you're sometimes it's your day sometimes it's your moment and i like i like that show i like that setup i like the fact that you get a sack of nickels or whatever a sack of quarters you know it's fun
0: yeah it's cool and it's i mean that i thought it was interesting that the audience or the judges yeah can kind of be like you gotta go yeah you know? go, go, go on. <laughs> gotta get out of here <laughs> <laughs> You're not sir. And you can feel it shift. Like, I, I think the second time I did it, I, I, everything was going great. People were laughing. And it was like the last I just started to talk about something that this lady was like, oh, and she just was like, come on. And they would just, <laughs> they just hit it. And I was like, man. Yeah, they were like, rooting for you. <laughs> they were like, oh, dude. You're done, sir. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I. Uh, have you, like, being in being in san jose have you and like primarily like doing comedy here is there like like differences in other areas that you notice when you like if you go like say you're doing a show up in the bay or you're going to like uh somewhere like modesto or something do you like um do you try to just bring the same energy to every one of those areas if you go out there or do you have like do you try to like uh i don't know like um Play to the room, I guess. Um, if you're a
1: if you're a good comic, you're gonna have to play to the room on some level. You can't, to me, you can't just come in there and like do your set in a generic way. Mm-hmm. You you know, I mean, it com- comedy is not like sliced bread. Comedy is more like you have a mother and then you you use the mother and you bake the bread there in front of okay. them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you put in all the ingredients and then whatever comes out is that unique thing. I don't think you can come in with pre-prepared sandwiches and toast that's been in your car all day and, and it works. Like you got to make the sandwich in front of them. Mm-hmm. And so to me –
0: that's a good way to describe it making a yeah. sandwich in front of them.
1: You got to make the sandwich in front of them. You got to make whatever it is in front of them. You got to you got to show you got to show your work if that makes any sense. Even if it is even if it is like this set formula, right? You have mm-hmm. all the ingredients. You're bringing the ingredients and you're making it on stage.
0: Mm.
1: You know, uh like like if you go to the Benihana, you know what I mean? Like even though the thing that they do at Benihana is the same thing they do, right? Every every chef that's at Benihana has their own little twist to little, it, yeah. their own little flavor <laughs> yeah. to it, and their own little jokes that they throw in here and there. And that's the same thing to me like comedy. Like, yes, you're going to go to this restaurant. You're going to go to this theater. You're going to go to this place. Um, and you're going to listen to the other comics while they're up Or even if you're first, you got to figure out in your first joke or two what the temperature of the room is. Yeah. About, like, how far you can take it. And sometimes you do got to get in there and, like, see what happens and see what flat lines you get and see what chuckles you get and kind of build on whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think the dynamic will always change. But the more nervous you are, I think the better you'll do. Uh, the more relaxed you are, the more confident you feel. The more like, oh, I got this. I feel like sometimes you do worse, and and I've had that experience at at um, at um Brian's show too. Like the last show I did, I went there. I was just like, oh, I got this, and I, I was feeling real comfortable and like, oh, I've been here before and da da. da. And I didn't have that nervousness that I needed to kind of like get through. Uh, because I like to start my jokes with like random things that I'm thinking about right then. Like that's how I like to start. And so I, I got there and then the random stuff just wasn't working. And so then I went to jokes and then I told a story, which I shouldn't have did in 10 minutes. And then, so it just, it all kind of didn't go the way I wanted it. I got laughs, yeah, but you know, the impression that I felt that I made was like, Oh, I'm not, this wasn't, this wasn't
0: my best work. <laughs> this couldn't have been my best work. I've I've had that I've had that feeling uh, like a handful of times. Like you you get you walk away like, man, that can I can I can I go run that can back? Can I get role? a reading? Yeah, can I go run that back real quick? Because <laughs> I feel like I I can I can I can do it. Like people, I like you just want to tell everybody <laughs> I can do it. I know like, <laughs> like it's it, it's uh, uh yeah I I was. Like speaking of nervousness, like what you were just saying, mm-hmm. um, I felt that exact feeling. Uh, like in last month, a month ago, was my first time at the. It was my first time going to the improv mic. Yeah. And um, I was in the first group, and then I was second, and then I was like, "Oh wow!" I was just coming to see how the mic. Like I, I've never. I was just like <laughs> I've never been here. I was just going to see how it is, and then I remember you were standing there in the back, and you're like, "All right, you get you, there's the clock, and this is it. There you go." And I'm like. I was just like, uh, like
1: I saw your face. You were kinda of like, you were you're definitely doing that widowmaker <laughs> look face like oh shit <laughs> you were like, yo me, like uh, I was Am I gonna sweating. have to build a plane out there? <laughs> and
0: then I couldn't find the crease in oh the curtain and you called my name and I was like just trying to find the <laughs> By the time I got out there I, I it kinda went away and then um everything I had planned to say or everything the ideas I kinda had it, mm. Was a I looked up and it only filled a minute and a half worth of time, and I was like, "Oh no!" I I, and I had to like just you went too fast. I went so fast, (laughs) and I was like, uh, "Let me, let me keep, let me try to like just." I had to think, I on the fly, like just, and that's like what you were saying of just. Like I can't tell a story right now because it's only three minutes. Like I like I'm like what? Do I... <laughs> it was just it was a good experience, but that that nervousness is something I feel like you you either rise to the occasion with it, uh-huh. or it can really get it can really like it can really just, just like destroy you almost. Like you can start to spiral or like forget things. Like it happened to me at Branham. I've just like the, a couple weeks ago. I just like uh, forgot. A tough road. Forgot stuff and was and then those lights are just on you and you're like "Ah, ah," and it's everybody's just in the dark like not and I just kept trying to fill the time was nobody was really on board with me and Terry Dorsey just goes man you really swing for the fences dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Way before he went on stage, I was like, thanks. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's good or not, but... <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> just it just like their... Terry said that to you. Yeah, their lack of reaction was just like... Yeah, why I kept not? going just like more and more with Inside Myself until I was kind of just looking down like all right i get it like i <laughs> i'm not i'm not doing it right now but i don't know <laughs> it's like i don't know what else to do you know and yeah. <laughs> in those in those moments where you're when like have you have you been in a moment like that where you feel like you feel like you want to walk away you just want to put the mic in the stand and like get out of there but you kind of just like stand in it and um i a long time ago they had a competition they had a they
1: had a they had a comedy competition at the center improv and I can't remember who was running it. And they had judges and the whole nine and it had local comics that were judges. And, uh, John who was one of the judges for the the show that I did. And, uh, at that point in my comedy thing, I was still kind of like, you know, I wasn't who I am now, I guess I was like, still like, you know, riding my bike around. And, you know, I thought myself, I was like a good comic and this and that. And I've been running the show for a few years already at the Brit. And I felt like this was going to be my my chance. And, like, I signed up for all the competitions that year. Okay. Like Rooster Tees and for that one. And um, I think I signed up for SF com- comedy competition, but I didn't get in. And um, doing that show. And I had all my jokes written down. I had all the stuff kind of like planned out of my head. I'm gonna go from this joke to this joke to that joke, and I and I and I knew like in my mind what the cadence of everything was. I get out there and I start, and it's like, oh, man. and I I know that I bombed because like right after John Hugesian comes up to me, or like. He says to me, like, while we're standing outside or something like that, he he basically was like, look, your jokes were good, but you need to commit to them. Mm. And then he says, next time, and I tell this to comics all the time, before they start, next time before you start, take a deep breath. And he says, put the mic away. You know, like, set yourself up. He says, you could have used the stage more. Mm. Walking around, you could have did this you could have did that and like the hindsight of like that performance because people have seen me do really well but i only do well at at this point in my career i only did well if i was comfortable and then after a while Hmm. and that still sometimes is that is the case like but i did my jokes in a way that wasn't my own format if that makes any sense. I did my jokes in a way that I thought that the improv wanted to hear my jokes instead of just doing my jokes the way that I like to do them, the way that I like to flow, the way that I like to perform. And so I didn't do any of that in in that time. And then him saying all those different things to me indicated to me that, like, I need to stick to my guns about how I want to present who I am on the stage. And then I just kind of like went back into the lab and then I kind of figured out what I wanted to do. And then like now I'm in a place as a comedian where I know what I want to do when I'm up there, even if it is where I have nothing planned. I'd rather do a show where it's sold out and I don't know anything that I'm about to say than do a show where there's five people there and I know exactly what I'm going to say.
0: Wow. At That's this point, okay, for me, and is that just the? Do you feel like that freedom of not knowing what you're gonna say, like, creates a better like moment in in that particular situation? Like, you like you can, like, you're kind of being you're you're being more present. Is that is that kind of what you try to achieve with that? I I think it's like being more present and being
1: in the moment, and then and then knowing there's a confidence to knowing you're funny. Uh, If if you are a comedian, you know, you're funny and you know, you got the jokes to back it up. And even if it's jokes that you're making up right then and there, Mm -hmm. uh, it, there is a freedom to it. But for me, that's, that's how I work and operate most of the time. And sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes it's, it's the best show I've ever done, and it won't ever be a show like that. Mm. And that's kind of what I'm going for. Okay. For every performance that I have, I want it to be the best that I can do ever.
0: And maybe that's,
1: that's naivete,
0: a good, but like... That's a good perspective. Because cause I hear a lot, like, you're only as good as the last time you were on stage. It's very true. And so taking that approach of, I want this to be my best set i've ever had every time you know it's like that's that's like the just the opposite you know of, of looking at that and being like okay yeah i don't i don't i want the last time on stage to be my best time like that because <clears throat> i notice you have like this i think you. i don't know if it's just your personality mm-hmm. or you have like this it's like a very it's like a calmness almost like a you sit in silence but i haven't like i don't know many people like that that can sit in silence like you like when i like just in conversations i've had or like seeing you on stage you'll like sit there and be like what and you'll just kind of stare at people and like really like let the let the moment like just kind of like go on and then you'll you'll carry on but like i like have you did you is that something that you've had to work on or do you kind of yeah. feel like yeah yeah i've had to work on that uh, i've
1: had to work on not stepping on my own jokes uh, I've had to work on like I think sometimes as a comedian we forget to listen mm-hmm. uh, when, when we're when we're up there. You know, you do have your time, and I think everybody's concerned about filling the time and this and that. But sometimes you forget to listen and, and listen listen to how your joke landed, and then taking a beat figuring out all right well what's the next thing what's the next joke that i'm gonna say Mm -hmm. that'll either compliment this or if it's a tag or not or whatever there's a lot of different comp there's a lot of ways you can go about it but yeah i mean especially when i start when i when i walk on to me that's the time where i get to kind of really say i I take that moment to kind of like absorb the situation so that i don't start rattling off too quickly so part of it is strategy for me because okay. i am thinking about
0: oh, all right what the, what am i going to say right now <laughs> <laughs> you do a really good job of like of of making it look like you're just kind of like almost looking at the crowd like what's up like hell yeah i just said that it's like a it, it does have like a um <laughs> like a vibe of like you're com- you're almost commanding their attention in a way that's it's oh. like uh you're like I'm gonna get to this. You're gonna have to wait for it, though. Like, kind yeah, of, well, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, Anticipation
1: it's cool. is the best thing sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes the best thing is like playing around first. Like, uh, I was doing, um, I was doing this Valentine's Day show, and I was, I was talking about, um, I was talking about making dinner. I was talking about making dinner during that set, and the whole, I talked about uh grass, and I talked about dinner. And I made it, and I made both of those things in a romantic context. If that makes any sense. <laughs> so, like grass, like you're talking about, like a lawn? Grass? Yeah, your lawn. Like, okay. yeah. Like, <laughs> I said, I, I said, uh, the, I have this joke where I, I, tell, I tell dudes, and am like, dudes, you've been messing up your whole life. Like, you guys don't know how to keep a woman. And the way that you keep a woman is you stay quiet. <laughs> you got to be quiet. You know, you gotta shut the fuck up. Sit down. Let her finish talking. Okay. But I said you don't. It's just like grass. You don't want to. You want. You know. And the ladies, you you guys, you don't want grass that's been painted over and fake grass. You know, you want that grass that's been cultivated and developed and has the fertilizer and the, been watered and. and the nice edge. You want the sod out here. <laughs> yeah, you want the. <laughs> you want sod. <laughs> No weeds. You, you, know, want, I said, you don't like, want weeds. Yeah. I said, the grass isn't greener. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you go to that greener grass, and it's fake plastic grass. It's astroturf.
0: <laughs> it itches if you lay on it for too long. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Just... And, 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 like,
1: people are laughing. You know what I mean? Like, And I didn't say anything that you ever heard before. Mm-mm. I didn't say anything that's like, you know, but, like, you know, sometimes the metaphor itself... And then how you say it and, and who you are is what makes it funny. And I think sometimes comedians, like, we want stuff to be – we want to make a point. and And there, there's jokes for that too. But also at times, like, you're going to come up with that joke, mm-hmm. like, that joke I never said before. I never said it in that way before. I didn't add the grass thing before. You were thinking
0: about mm-hmm. grass in that
1: moment. And just I was just to... thinking about it. And then it, it came up. It came out. The structure came out as it was. Mm-hmm. And then the joke worked for that moment. Now, whether or not I can use it in other situations and other contexts, certainly I probably could. I probably can add little different wrinkles to it. I could talk about lawnmowers and this and that and yeah, add all other the different little, parallels. But, but that's the good thing about a joke like that because you can add so many different things to it and, and it makes it funnier and funnier and funnier the longer you can take it, right? Yeah. There are jokes like that. And then there's other jokes where it's two sentences or there's other mm-hmm. jokes where it's three words. You know, It's
0: like you found a button and you can just keep yeah. tapping the button.
1: You keep tapping the button. And then, like, I continued on. It was like, I want to be in a relationship like this. And then I started talking about making dinner. And then I related it to, like, I want my salmon to be moist.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want my salmon (laughs) to be pink.
1: (laughs) I don't want to overcook my salmon. Yeah. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? So, like, it's. That's good. You know, yeah. but before I make, I get my salmon ready. I make my before I make my salmon, then I need to make sure my, my risotto. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta start a risotto.
0: Gonna keep adding a little bit too. <laughs> gonna keep adding, add, yeah. Stir. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Like I don't want my you. I don't want my asparagus limp. Yeah. I don't want yeah, my yeah, asparagus you want yeah. <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? Like. It worked. the shit hot too. Yeah, yeah. you want it hot. You want to flash, <laughs> you want to flash boil it. You don't yeah. want to. <laughs> yeah, that's so
0: funny. You oh, want to,
1: but yeah, I mean, like to me, that like if it, jokes are universal, jokes are about joy, and like everybody can identify with stuff. I think, like, you know, if somebody's, you know, I got this opportunity to work with Anthony Jeselnik. Oh, nice. And and. You know, sometimes you walk into a situation you don't know if the headliner is going to like you or get along or anything like that or like want to hang out or anything yeah. like that. I got to hang out with the dude like just for 10 15 minutes and we got to have this conversation about like what is what is comedy to you. Oh, wow. And he said I th- I think the thing that he said was, you know, comedy to me is like how is something like along the lines of like how he relates to the world and like that kind of thing and, and i identify with that you know uh because that's what comedy is to me as well it's my it's my defense mechanism it's my offense it's my it's my it's the thing that i use to get people on my side mm. you know um it's it's also the the thing that i that I use to get understanding and get people to understand the context of how i'm feeling mm-hmm. you know through jokes and that and you know I could tell sad stories all day you know and yeah, everybody could you know you can you can do that but like how do you tell a sad story that and make it funny
0: yeah yeah that's i f i when i see when i see people do that and take something that's or take something that's really people at the when they say it they get that that shock at the beginning but then they can t- flip it yeah and get everybody laughing at the end when i see that i'm always like damn like i i just think about like what is it like the the just from a to b that is just there's so many there's so many ways like that you can that mm-hmm. can go bad or can go wrong mm-hmm. and when it works out it's just so cool it's yeah. like like i i want to do like i want to have some shit like that you know like where it's like i can take something that's like a something that people kind of i get them on one side and then i can just flip them and get them onto my side with it and i feel like i have yeah i feel like i just yeah i don't even, it's it's like it blows my mind when when um when a comic can just yeah can talk about something really really upsetting or really just controversial because it's like i, I get ner- i get really nervous about, about just like <laughs> i get really nervous about being like oh man like what if i like you know what if you what if you what if they don't go to that other what if they stay on, on the you know side of just like no dude you, you you're kind of like ah you just have to eat that you know and, and take that and- well i mean I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna front
1: there's definitely times where you say stuff and people don't respond the way that you want them to respond. I was I did a, I did um a show in Marin one time. Uh you know San Rafael County or whatever. And I I do this joke that I do all the time, you know white people are good at three things, genocidal precedent, not giving a fuck about those two things. And I did that joke and like I get off stage and it's me and my lady there. Um She's my fiance now, but um, we were there and, you know, generally when you get off stage, like sometimes there's like these glad you you know, people are shaking your hand and they're Mm. like, oh man, you did good said, so we're going through that. And then the host gets up and says, wow, okay, great. (laughs) And says something about one of the jokes that I made. And then someone in the audience yells out. Well, he got it wrong until he he was doing great until that last joke. And then and then, and then he was basically started talking about how white people weren't racist at all. And in the audience and just then just some white dude. Just some random old white dude. Yeah. And 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 to me I I, I was already uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cuz the restaurant that we were when we went there when we showed up, it was before the show. And we're sitting there, and we're trying to order food because we're hungry, and we want to get drinks and this and that. And yeah. like, service was taking forever. And for for people for people of color, when you walk in, when you go in a restaurant, and service takes forever, not not if it's taking forever for everybody, that's fine. But like, if it's taking forever just for us, we notice. Mm. And even if it is taking forever for everybody else, like am like, all right, well, I don't want to fuck around and be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I we was feeling like that because it took it took a it took a minute for us to order any food or any drinks or anything like that. And I had got up and done my set and sat down, and they still hadn't taken our food order. Oh man! So I was already kind of like in a mood, and then I did my set, and I think I ended it with that joke at the end because like I just felt that kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. And then for this dude in the audience to like say that as as like i was trying to we were like walking to the front so that we can try and order food yeah because we were going to stick around and hang out you know because like that's what i want to do i like hanging out with other comedians and this and that Mm -hmm. and 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 like that that whole moment was ruined because this guy like had something to say and so then i said something and then we left (laughs) i basically was like well you're wrong and fuck this place we're getting the fuck up out of here mm-hmm. and and that was it and then you know uh griffin daly sent me a text message to apologize and i was like man don't worry about it, it's all good um and he was like yeah my old friend he don't know nothing and i found out that dude was friends with griffin daly and i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> like 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 all right man you need yeah. to tell your little homie that like his his views on uh politics are incorrect
0: Also, yeah, and and his lack of self-awareness, too, to be just shouting shit like that in a crowded room also and just – But that's the thing, though. Yeah. Those are those shows that you do, right, Mm -hmm. where
1: the lights are up and and there's a stage, but then, like, you're at a Chinese food restaurant and, like, the service is bad because the owners don't know what they're doing and, Mm -hmm. like, all these other different things and, like – It's like –
0: that's like the capacity of people that's there for them is they don't usually have that, so it's like yes, it's like when you watch uh, what is it with a uh, Gordon Ramsay um, <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, Hell's you know Kitchen. He, he like brings his whole posse to the restaurant that night and then it's just a complete meltdown. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the, 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 the restaurant yeah, owners watch, like fuck this. He just you watch fears. one of the teams is like
1: <laughs> implode. They're like, oh, we can't get none of this food out. You can't get <laughs> any of the food out, and you can't bake the bread, bro. And the I bread baker's love- like, ah.
0: I love the beginning of those episodes. It's just like, oh, this restaurant you guys can't, you guys can't serve people. Let's see, and then it's just <laughs> what? You, what? You, he was doing that kitchen makeover
1: show. That's is that mm. it, you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it was like Ron Tapper.
0: Yeah, or yeah, was that Bar Rescue? The, Bar yeah. Rescue? You go there. <laughs>
1: this isn't <a> my time.
0: <laughs> that guy's wild. Yeah, Tapper. That guy goes hard. He gets like in their face and shit. He.
1: These chicken wings, these chicken
0: wings are still cold. <laughs> How do you serve cold chicken wings? He looks like a like a mob boss. Like he has yeah. like a fucking like chain, and his hair's all I just flicked. feel
1: like that guy has sold so much cocaine. <laughs> like he's like, or he'll like, say he won't. And he doesn't know, and he doesn't know anything nah, about he, it. But. No, he knows all. He knows a lot about it. He's seen oh. so many little baggies.
0: There's. There's a show like that that I used to watch called uh you ever heard of repo games? Did oh you... no, no, okay, no. so there was a show like kinda it was like a John Taffert type dude, mm-hmm. but it was people would have to their car would be getting repossessed, and so he would pull up with the tow truck guy, and the Ooh. person would come running out to the front and he'd be like, "We're gonna take your car um uh, but here's the catch if you can answer these five questions. We'll leave your car here, and it turns into like a little mini game show. Wow! <laughs> I have to send you a link the so pressure. You can watch it. The pressure. I'm gonna keep my car. I'm not
1: gonna keep my car. Yes. The pressure. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> does that mean they're their car. off the car? Too? I think yeah.
0: All they win is they just get to keep their car. I think they. That's mean. crazy.
1: <laughs> so That's crazy. They put the
0: car on the tow truck, and every time they get a question right, like it, the car goes down a little bit more, or it goes up. That's cold blooded. <laughs> it's cold blooded, but. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me like when i watch bar rescue i think of that show because the guy would be the guy would be like when they would have to leave it would be like okay we're like you lost like we're see you later and then the guy would be like wait what like my, you're taking my car and they're like yeah like we weren't kidding this <laughs> is like the, you lost the show dude the... <laughs> you lost you really lost and it's you like had to this walk to work big now. guy being like see you later and they just try it <laughs> why so they play fast. with people's lives like that I couldn't believe it was a game show, like a real like. It, I think it only had like one season on TV. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I gotta I gotta find that. I have to send to you the link. Yeah, Some of it's pretty funny because it's like uh, it's like short white dude with glasses who has like a. It's like a. It's like a fucking Geo Metro, you know, or Geo Prism. Wait, you <laughs> still still like... making payments for the Geo Metro, though? No. <laughs> it's like some, like, the Corolla. It's not uh, there's not like they're, like, nice cars. It that's was, like... upsetting in itself.
1: <laughs> How you still ride a Geo Metro? Like, anybody out there with a Geo Metro? Hey, God bless you.
0: I a nigga that <laughs> drove a Metro
1: off Grizzly Peak. Damn. You mean, like, you, you drove it off the cliff? Oh, wow. The skeleton of the Geo Metro is still there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, he drove it off of Grizzly Peak <laughs> What purpose? Because it's Metro, That's the only place It deserves to die yeah. <laughs> Off of Grizzly Peak That's where you take him. It just It goes doo, 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 <laughs> I don't
0: even <laughs> yeah. think It catches air It just it catches it just air just doesn't Nosedive <laughs> right off
1: the side Yeah I remember being In Metro. If you don't keep Your foot on that gas pedal That car is not going <laughs> It's, it's going to die <laughs> you Kind of keep your foot that guy's the whole time yeah.
0: yes yeah the, those cars are florid, the whole a buddy time. of mine had the prism in high school which is oh, like wow. the i think that's like the four-door one yeah and yeah <laughs> <laughs> we used to ride around in that thing and it was yeah it was gnarly <laughs> yeah. well um dude, this was like a really cool interview i appreciate you um, yeah no taking problem. the time to do this yeah. um can you like you know, like shout out where you got if you got shows coming up or like okay plug everything you do and stuff like
1: that. Well, every month we got the Seno's Improv open mic. I host that show. It's run by the Improv. Whatever you heard as a rumor is not true, heard it right here. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, I do that show. Uh, uh, we still got the Caravan Lounge comedy show. If if it's a dope show every Wednesday at the Caravan Lounge. Uh, and then I got off night on Monday nights. Uh, Monday nights is a variety show. Uh, me and Mike McGee are interviewing guests and talking about uh, you know community events in the in in Santa Clara, San Jose region. And then, you know, uh, that's pretty much all I got going right now. It sounds like a lot, but <laughs> as a comedian, you got to stay active in these
0: streets. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! yeah. Uh, well, cool. Yeah. yeah